Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. Pain in sharecropping. There was pain in segregation. There was pain in, there is pain in redlining. There is pain in gerrymandering. There is pain in voter suppression. There is pain in predatory lending. There is pain in the school to prison pipeline. There is pain pain in police brutality. There is pain just trying to survive the day and get from work to home being a person of color every day. And you telling me that there is still some hardship to come. We just got out of some oppressive situations and there is still work to do. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Exodus. The 19th chapter, I'll be reading the first through the 8th verse. Again, that is the book of Exodus, the 19th chapter, starting with verse 1. Uh, I pray you did not have trouble following, finding uh, the book of Genesis last week. And right next to Genesis is the book of Exodus. Uh, second book of the Bible, 19th chapter, first verse. Hear ye the word of the Lord. In the third month after the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, and on the same day they came to the wilderness of Sinai. For they had departed from Rephidim, had come to the wilderness of Sinai, and camped in the wilderness. So Israel camped there before the mountain. And Moses went up to God. And the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice, and keep my covenant, you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before them all these words which the Lord had commanded him. Then all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. So Moses brought the words of the people back to the Lord. God's word for God's people and God's people said, amen. amen. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We thank you for every good and perfect gift that comes from above. We ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Hide me behind your cross so that I can do the work that you have called me to do. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. For the time that is ours to share together, I want to talk a little bit about the start of a journey. Where do we go from here? The start of a journey, where do we go from here? I mentioned last week that one of the classes that I enjoyed in seminary was the church in its social context uh, because of the issues that got tackled uh, in the class based on the name. 
Another class that I enjoyed was moral theology. We had to do a lot of reading in that class, a lot of reading. But one book that I particularly enjoyed and have since checked back out to read every now and then uh, was Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos or Community, written in 1967 by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. Where Do We Go From Here was an analysis by Dr. King uh, about the current state of race relations in the community uh, and the movement and how far the movement had gone a decade after uh, U.S. civil rights struggles. King said that with Selma and the Voting Rights Act, one phase of development in the civil rights revolution came to an end. Uh, he believed that the next phase of the movement would bring its own challenges uh, as African Americans continued to make demands for better jobs, higher wages, decent housing, and education on par with uh, whites, and a guarantee that some of the rights that were won in the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act of 1965, that they would actually be enforced by the federal government. And King warned that the persistence of racism in depth and the drawing awareness that the Negro demands would necessitate structural changes in society will generate a new phase of white resistance in the North and the South. Page 12 if, uh, of where do we go from here if you're looking for a reference. Uh, it, it's, it's not just enough to be able to drink out of the same fountain and go to the same school and sit at the front of the bus. There are economic, political, social, societal issues, medical issues at hand. And notice, uh, since we've been on this kick about uh, honoring Dr. King, Notice that when he was talking about sitting at the front of the bus or being able to use the same restroom, uh, nobody had a problem with it. But the moment he started talking about economic and infrastructure change, he got killed. He wanted to talk about what was next. In other words, this was just the beginning, and there is a tough road to hold, a hard path to follow. King's words to African Americans in 1967 echoed God's words to the Israelites in Exodus 19. Uh, in Exodus 19, the people of God are fresh out of slavery. And at the bottom of Mount Sinai, the mountains in the Bible is believed to be a spiritual place that uh, heaven and earth touch. And the people of God have come to Sinai from Rephidim and Moses has gotten a word from the Lord to give to the people. It was a covenant from God and this covenant is mentioned in Exodus 19, but then it's, uh, it's elaborated and specified in Exodus chapter 20 through 23, and then even more in Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. It's an explanation of God's promises to God's people. Uh, that is why I would say it is important to make sure that whoever you follow is spending some time with God. Moses went 
up and down the mountain to talk to God, and he went up and down the mountain to talk to the people. Uh, but you got to make sure that whoever you're following is following God. And you can't know whether or not that person is following God unless you are following God yourself. Uh, you can't know if your pastor is teaching or preaching Bible if you don't know the Bible for yourself. Amen. You can't know if your pastor is in line with if you, you're not spending the time of prayer in your on yourself. You can't let the pastor or the lay leader or somebody else do all the Bible reading and studying and praying for you. You got to be able to connect with them for themselves Amen. or else when the fake Moses comes down from the mountain, they're going to sell you a bill of goods. Amen. Spend some time with God as well. Why mention Rephidim? Uh, well, beloved, Rephidim was a place where the people of God were in pain. Uh, they were so mad at the pain that they had suffered in Rephidim that if you read in your Bible in a couple chapters before, they were ready to stone Moses. They would have rather been back in slavery than to deal with the situation that they were dealing with at Rephidim. Rephidim is also a place of rest. Uh, a station between the different places that they're wondering, a pit stop, if you will. This is important for our times as well, because right now in this country and in this world at hand, we are in a pit stop moment, the world at large. And one of the worst mistakes that you can make during a race is to think that you, the race has ended when it's only a pit stop. You pull into the pit and the world passes you by. This is not the end of the race. We are in a pit stop. I'll say it again. This is not the end of the race. We are in a pit stop. The third time is a charm. This is not the end of the race. We are in a pit stop. There is still work to be done. That's hard to tell some people sometimes. God is telling the people of God in Exodus that there is still work to be done. And I'm saying to the people of God today that there is still work to be done. And not only is there still work to be done, the work to be done will be a little harder than the work that has been done before. Uh, it's hard to tell people fresh out of some pain that there'll be some trouble on the way. They don't want to hear that because sometimes people can be stuck in the past. The people of God realized that there was pain in Egypt. They realized that there was pain in the wilderness. They realized that there was pain in Rephidim. There was pain all over. Well, there was pain in slavery. There was pain in sharecropping, there was pain in segregation, there was pain and there is pain in redlining, there is pain in gerrymandering, there is pain in voter suppression, there is pain in predatory lending, there is pain in the school to prison pipeline, there is pain, pain in police brutality, there is pain just trying to just survive the day and get from work to home being a person of color every day and you telling me that there is still some hardship to come. We just got out of some oppressive situations and there is still work to do. Amen. In the midst of the pain though, God gives provision. Uh, the people of God were in pain at Rephidim, but God provided water from a rock. God provided before and God will provide again. And while people are stuck on their past 
and realizing that there are people that came from slavery, God came to tell them at the mount, at the bottom of Mount Sinai, that even though you have a bad past, even though you have a less than past, even though you have a past that would seemingly lower your status, God is not concerned about your past as much as he is concerned about where he sees you in the future. He doesn't see them for who they are or who they've been. God sees them for who they can be. God lets the people of God know, the Israelites, the Hebrews, the believers, he lets them know that they have a special status. And not only do they have a special status, he is making them a community. This is when the people of God get gathered together and acknowledged as a community. The text says a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Kingdom and nation are political terms. They're governmental terms. Uh, the the, the, the uh, priests and the holy part are about community. Kingdom, uh, and he says that they're a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. We are called to be active in this world and with one another. Rephidim was a place of both pain and provision, and the people are being called to move beyond the memory of the pain and the security of the past and move on to new experiences, new challenges, and new revelation. God is letting us know in the text that it will be tough. There are some responsibilities they have to follow. Uh, it talks about keeping covenant. Those are a lot of rules and a lot of things to be done. But he's telling us that no matter what, it's going to get rougher before it gets better. Well, uh, but no matter what goes on, we still need to follow God and pray. Uh, I, it it kind of gets lost in the text because there's a whole eight verses talking about it. But they are going up and down the mountain talking to God. Man. This is a conversation with God. So no matter what's going on, Pray, follow God and pray. And then God will speak to the people and the people speak back to God. Amen. And no matter what's going on, remember God's promises and let them keep you through the troubled times. You may be going through some troubled times right now, but the Bible says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver them through. You may be going through some rough times right now, but the Bible says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You may be going against some rough times right now, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, run and not get weary, walk and not faint. He who has begun a good work in you shall perform it until completion, until the day of Christ Jesus. Hold on right now. It's rough right now. It may get rougher, but if you remember God's promises throughout it, you will make it through. God tells them that he will put them on eagles' wings. Eagles are majestic creatures. They also are powerful and protective creatures. God is saying that I know you may have been slaves before, but you are my chosen people now. I love you. I care for you. And there is still work to do. God is in charge of everything. And the text says that the earth is his. When you go to a restaurant or a place of business and you know the owner, you treat that situation a little better. You, you, you have no problem asking for something you want. And you also understand that if there's a problem with something you want at this restaurant, when you know the owner, if the chef is off a little bit or if the raider got a little rude to you or the hostess didn't seat you right away, you have somebody you can call. Amen. 
You have somebody that you can contact and get that situation rectified immediately. So we have somebody that we can call. We have somebody that we can talk to. He says that the earth is his, so he is the owner. We can talk to him about those things and get the power and the strength and the provision to carry on and work our way through this. When you go to a place of business and you know the owner, everything's a little different. And we should also treat what's going on today the same way. But the text is also a point of celebration. They're happy that they have gotten out of slavery. But don't spend so much time partying and celebrating what's going on and forget that there's still some work to be done. They're not in the promised land yet. Matter of fact, they got a long way to go before they hit the promised land. So enjoy the moment, but understand that there is still work to be done. Where do we go from here? We have plenty of moments to celebrate. Juneteenth is coming up. We celebrate the Emancipation Proclamation. We celebrate the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Civil Rights Act of 1968. We can celebrate the Voting Rights Act of 1965. We can celebrate uh, the the election of Barack Obama, the first African-American president. But here's where the problem is. When we get in these moments, the momentum stops. And those who seek to do evil spend the next year after year after year and passing it on to their children and their grandchildren to just chip away at what happens. And so that 50 or 60 years later, all the protections we thought we had have been gutted, if not stripped away completely. Uh, Can I be transparent? I look online and I've said this in my sermons. I said it last week. I said it the week before. You need to vote. You need to vote regularly. You need to vote often, not just in the national elections, but in the local elections and and in your school boards. You got to be actively involved. And then I get online and I see a whole bunch of people complaining and making fun of those people who say we need to vote. Why? Because the rioting and the protesting has gotten different government entities to immediately pass out reform. City councils have have, uh, instituted uh, resolutions and laws to bar chokeholds and get rid of no-knock warrants, and and they've done all of these things. You've got all kinds of corporations turning their social media pages black for Black Lives Matter. You have people stepping off of boards of directors so that they feel like a black qualified person can take their place. There are a whole bunch of people writing checks right now. And everybody online is saying that because of the protesting and and if we can just be frank about it, the rioting has got them that. And they say, where is your voting now? Uh, Here's what I say to that. Ten days of sustained rioting got us the 1968 Civil Rights Act. Right after uh, Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated 1968 brought us riots, and those riots brought us the 1968 Civil Rights Act. But because we didn't vote in 69, 70, 71, 72, 73, 70, all the way up to 2020, 
the Voting Rights Acts, the Civil Rights Acts, uh, all of these things got gutted because we didn't elect people that were willing to keep those things going as soon as we got further along and further away from it all of those things got gutted so yes I won't condemn the rioting or the protesting or any of that because it does seem like nothing happens until the world stands up and notices until some windows get broken until some people get protests some, some things get vote boycotted it seems like nothing happens, but the problem is, is once that goes, those moderates, those neutrals say, well, hey, we solved the problem. Uh, we fixed racism. We've wiped it all away. And then the other people who want to change don't vote. And so those who seek to do evil just sit there and bide their time. Yes. And then you look up and we, we have a 2020 situation because people stopped voting from 68 on. So it's not sustainable. That's the problem with it. In the moment, it seems right. In the moment, it gets you immediate results, but you still gotta vote and stay active to maintain it. Next November, all those people who have changed these referendums could be out of office. And the people who get elected behind them could go and undo everything that's been done. We can't just have big movements and then let them die down. Yeah. Just like the people of God couldn't just stay at Rephidim and be happy that they got water. They couldn't just stay at Mount Sinai and be happy that the Lord spoke to them. They still got to travel through the wilderness and go to the promised land. Don't just stop at the big moment. You got to stay active. You got to stay engaged. You got to continue to do the work. They were years away from the promised land when this text was being read. We can't just stop at Mount Sinai. The people of God in the text have not gone to the promised land. They are years away from it. There is still work to be done for the people in the text, and there is still work to be done for us. God is telling us that there is still work to be done, and our response should be just like the people of God responded when they heard God tell them. There is still work to be done. The proper response is yes. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simp Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.